0: Love Talk Radio. They always got something to say. uh, Not this station right here. We don't just got something to say, y'all. We got the truth.
1: Blog Talk Radio.
2: Welcome, truth seekers. You're listening to A Measure of Truth on BlogTalkRadio.com, and I'm your host, Michael Fordham. Now, if you just click the link on my webpage, or you're listening on BlogTalkRadio.com, or even the Blog Talk Radio player on my Facebook page, and you want to call in live, but we'd love to talk with you. So give us a call at 347 326 9470. Or if you like, you can Twitter me your questions and comments at twitter.com slash a measure of truth. Also, if you haven't yet, look me up on Facebook. I'm the Michael Fordham with a photo of me in studio. And you can always email me your questions and comments at a of truth at gmail.com. Look, we've got a great show for you today. Today I'll be talking with former Philadelphia District Attorney Marnie Williams. She's an author, a poet, a spoken word artist. And so we'll be right back in just a little bit with a little poetic justice and a measure of truth. Hi, I'm Michael Fordham, host of A Measure of Truth on blogtalkradio.com. And I just wanted to let you know that during the next few months, Healthy Kinder Incorporated will be running its Give Five campaign to raise money for childhood obesity prevention programs throughout the metropolitan area. Please visit the Give 5 campaign page on the website today at HealthyKinderKids.org to learn more about how you can make a significant difference in the lives of our children. Please share this message with your friends and family members to support this very important and worthy cause. Even their children can benefit from the Healthy Kinder programs. We encourage you to contact your congressperson and state representatives and ask them to support President Obama's health care reform plan. Prevention is key to the survival of our future generation. And thank you for taking time out of your busy day for A Measure of Truth. Hi, I'm Michael Fordham, host of A Measure of Truth on blogtalkradio.com. I want to take a quick minute to talk to you about Young Lives DC 34. Young Lives is a unique, cutting-edge, non-profit Christian organization designed to empower and equip pregnant and parenting teen moms to become productive citizens in the community, a program that partners teens and mature Christian women to provide teen girls in crisis with timely encouragement, guidance, and ongoing support. Through the power of presence, kids' and teens' lives are dramatically impacted when caring adults come alongside them, sharing. God's love. Because someone believes in them, they begin to see that their lives have great worth, meaning, and purpose. This is just the first step in a lifelong journey. The choices they make today based on God's love for them will impact their future decisions, the careers they choose, the marriages they form, and the families they raise. And all of this can be traced back to the time when a young life leader reached out and entered their world. For more information or to get involved, check out their webpage at www.younglives.younglife.org or if you're in the D.C. metropolitan area, call 202-399-7017. It seems that the truth has somehow lost its appeal. In today's society, what really can we say is the truth? Most of what we hear from on news, Sources, whether they are TV, radio, newspapers, magazines, and the Internet, have been crafted with only one goal in mind, to sell more publications, to get higher ratings, and to grab the attention of more and more consumers. We, as consumers, have been corralled, misled, and polluted and confused by the media hype and spin doctor machine until we are too exhausted and overwhelmed by the rhetoric and minutiae. To have the focused attention needed to analyze the facts when the truth finally does come to light the story that could be has become so enticing to the media conglomerates that the real story and a good story hardly resemble one another a measure of truth attempts to expose the underlying truth of news stories that you all have heard before but gives you first-hand accounts from key players that have not yet than giving a voice to tell the facts. These bearers of truth are often forced to wait until the media hype has expired, and the backstory what was in fact the only story, finally comes into vogue. When news and information comes with this much baggage, you can only hope for a measure of truth. Welcome back, truth seekers. You're listening to A Measure of Truth on blogtalkradio.com, and I'm your host, Michael Fordham. Again, if you just clicked on the link on my webpage, or you're listening on blogtalkradio.com or even the Blog Talk Radio player on my Facebook page and you want to call in live, we'd love to have you. So give us a call at 347-326-9470. Or if you like, you can Twitter me your questions and comments at twitter.com slash truth. Also, if you haven't yet, look me up on Facebook. I'm the Michael Fordham with a photo of me in studio. And you can always email me your questions and comments at truth at gmail.com. Well, I'm so excited. We have such a great show for you today. Today we're talking with former Philadelphia District Attorney turned author, poet, and spoken word artist, Marnie Williams. Welcome, Marnie. How are you today?
3: I'm wonderful. How are you, Michael?
2: Oh, I am fantastic. I'm really looking forward to to talking with you and uh, giving our viewers the the inside scoop on Marnie Williams.
3: <laughs> Absolutely.
2: Now, tell us a little bit about your latest endeavor, Marnie.
3: Well, my latest endeavor um, is a uh, limited edition poetry book that um, I released last year for my 40th birthday, my fourth book. And um, it's entitled, A Marnie Post and Release Radical. Um, so I'm very excited about that. It's Limited, I have limited edition copy, and um, the poetry, I've been led to do the poetry in limited edition books prior to releasing the book in paperback. Um, it's actually a compilation of a number of works. I'm very excited about um, that project, and I have a lot of other things um, that are prepared for this end of the uh, year 2009 that I'm excited about that I will be posting on my website and also my blog.
2: Wow, wow. Now, I'm really surprised. You just put it out there. You said you just turned 40. A lot of women <laughs> long before 40 are hiding their age and disguising everything about age.
3: Oh, I'm why, embracing, why so? yeah, no, I, I, I embrace my age. I'm grateful for every moment um, of life. Um, 40 uh, was quite a journey turning 40. I'm actually approaching 41 um, in a 23-day countdown um, to 41, Um, It's some tremendous um, um, life-transforming events that I'm anticipating um, in this journey to Nia. So, yeah, if I embrace that, it's nothing to be ashamed of. It's something to be proud of and um, to really engage in person. Wow. Yeah.
2: Very good. Now, tell us a little bit about maybe where some people may have heard your poetry or seen you actually perform some of your poetry.
3: Well, the poetry has been um, a, a tremendous blessing um, in my life for the last eight years since I left um, the practice of law, and um, I, I really um, have been blessed to be able uh, to receive the words um, that I've been given um, and uh, to be able to go forth with those words. So um, it's been a great journey in the last eight years. Um, the first title that I released was my little book of poetry, Marnie Speaks, Marnie Seeks Truth. So it's no, by no coincidence that I... Um, I'm speaking with you on a measure of truth this evening. Um, <laughs> absolutely. You're absolutely, my own little measure yeah.
2: of truth today.
3: Absolutely. It's great. It's a great connection. Um, and that was back in 2001. And at the time, the words were coming to me so rapidly. I, I literally wrote the book in about five to seven hours. Um, wow. And, right. It was just wow, I think people so, may
2: have missed that. You wrote a book in five to seven hours in a book of poetry?
3: It's a book of poetry. It is a book of poetry. Wow. The, the poems just, you know, they were coming to me. Um, I spent a period of time um, absorbing um, and um, being prepared, is what, I, is what I like to say, to receive the words of poetry um, in the poetry circuit back in the day, back in 2099, back when um, Jill Scott had her 3801 Cafe and the October Gallery. There was a, a tremendously gifted group of poets around Jill at the time Um so I sat listening and absorbing, you know. Then, and, but it wasn't until about 2001, um, notwithstanding, you know, the prompting of the, the poet friend of mine at the time. Um, but it wasn't until 2001 that I that the words started coming to me. And so, you know, I wanted immediately when I when I saw what I was given, I knew that it was um, designed and meant for me to put the words out there. I couldn't hold on to it. I couldn't wait for someone to come and validate, you know, what this was. Um, in terms of publishing and receiving a, you know, um, a publishing contract or anything, I just immediately knew I needed to self-publish um, these materials. And it was really an amazing journey, actually, um, just led all the way by by the Almighty by God um, in the process, and he showed me how to publish um, the first book as a limited edition book, one-of-a-kind um, book at the time. I did not know back then that... I would endeavor to oil painting and so many other artistic endeavors, um, but it only makes sense because these are handmade limited edition by the author and the artist <clears throat> books that um, went through actually three editions at the time. Well, it was with that limited edition book that I was put on tour with best-selling Christian fiction authors. It, that was the confirmation and the gift that he sort of gave to me um, that um, I, you know, in not hesitating to put it out there, to self-publish it. Um, and so one day my mother-in-law um, came to me, who was the publisher for Patricia Haley and a few other folk who are the forerunners in the genre of Christian um, fiction, and she said, I'm putting you on tour, which is a limited edition book. And I'm thinking, what What, what are you saying to me? She said, I'm putting you on tour. And um, and so it became a wonderful um, collaboration under face-based, the Pace-Based Literary Extravaganza at the time, And we did, um, like, in East Coast Philadelphia, D.C., I joined them, I should say. Really, I was privileged to join them. And um, I did poetry and sold the book, you know, and toured with them. And then we did the Florida um, tour also. And that led me to actually convert Mere Presence, which was the first book that I began to write, even before the poetry. It it, um, inspired me to convert Mere Presence from the book. You know, from into I should say a Christian fiction book. I really believe that I would not have been able to birth in purpose, mere presence, um, mm-hmm. as anything but a Christian fiction novel. Right. And so that journey, I led, you know, led to the journey. Just being the, the poetry bird everything else. Um, after being mm-hmm. obedient with that, I did the um, limited edition book went to paperback, and then from then, um, from there, I um, self-published um, an additional. Um, title and, uh, that's called Call to Purpose, and right, that's a novella. Right. That's a novella. It's a modern-day story of Gideon. I released and, and before
2: we talk about that, let's, let's, let's just go back for a minute. You know, one Absolutely. of the things that caught my attention when I first started doing my research on you and looked at your website, you had this, this quote here, and it says, I was so amazed at what God had done through me that I dare not wait for someone else to publish my book that you were so driven that you knew that you had something, that it had to be out there regardless of the method. Tell us about what really were you feeling at that time after, you know, composing this book and getting this out of you and knowing that it was something that had to be out there as soon as possible.
3: Well, I, it was just a step of faith. It was, it was a conviction that um, that seized me at the time. And I'm, I'm going to tell you that when I went on um, the first radio broadcast, Power 99 FM was a large radio station in Philadelphia. I won um, this uh, contest um, at the time, um, the Deaf Poetry Jam contest. Even at the time when I went on, it was so new to me. You know, I wasn't even comfortable. I had not found my voice in it. Um, but I just I had the conviction that I had to go forth with it. And that's what I did. I hit the poetry circuit to get comfortable, and I shared my work. Um, and so I, I birthed the spoken word artist in me also. Um, so it was, it was really just that conviction that um, I needed to publish this. And, of course, the, um, being under the, um, the mentorship of Patricia Haley and Victoria, Christopher Murray and um, Jacqueline Thomas, um, some folk who, uh, Marty's Gray, some folk who, um, who had gone through self-publishing um, prior to being signed with you know, major um, companies, um publishing companies um they gave me just so much information i I just owe it to them in, in terms of uh, launching Williams Enterprise Productions Productions, which is our uh, publishing company um I just got a wealth of information from all of them and they just supported and encouraged me through the process and um and that was without. Stepping forward with the limited edition book that I made, handmade, and was and then just it just turned out beautiful. Also, by the way, uh-huh. um, these one of a kind books. If I had not done that, I would not be able to go on tour. I wouldn't have been able to get the information that I needed from them to self publish. And so it truly was stepping out in faith and believing. Yeah, that, um, I was just
2: getting ready to say, but there's another thing you really did to step out in faith is, you know. You, you had a, a great job, very secure job as a district attorney. And now you're going in a totally different direction, sort of, you know, in a direction where you really had no experience or any background in. How is it that you were able to make up that in your mind after, you know, this long road of education and then seeking out the, the, the career of your choice and then giving all that up and deciding, you no, know, there's a new path for me?
3: That was a process. That was a process. Um, there are right. – were and are a number of things I've always had in my spirit to do. And so uh, my passion to work with the young people, um, I'm doing nonprofit work now with the young Young folk drug prevention work. with the largest state school network in the nation. Um, so my my work with the young people, that passion was always in my heart. I knew when I felt in my spirit that I wanted to write a book, I knew that that was my own But, see, I've been, I've been blessed and purposed to always, receive an unction and defy statistics and defy what the world says you should do. I mean, I'm a teenage mother. Um, I had two children before I left high school. And so certainly I defied odds by going on to Penn State majoring in social and behavioral sciences and then going on to Temple Law School and receiving my Juris Doctorate degree. All of that defies statistics. So, right. and so I had to have the same drive and the same conviction, um, same perseverance when it came to anything that I've ever accomplished. I'm including the law, so and this is just consistent with that, but the the journey from practicing law to uh, working full-time in purpose was a process. It was a process. It was not an overnight decision, okay, right now I'm going to stop practicing law, and I haven't fully given up the practice of law. I'm, I'm sort of embracing the advocacy in what I do in the trenches. And um, looking for, always looking for opportunities to re reengage the law in what I'm doing. I've just been seized in purpose, so to speak, and it's been a great, great journey.
2: Talking about journeys and purpose, you told me that you are an expert in purpose. Tell us a little <laughs> bit about why you you make that assertion about yourself.
3: Well, it's and again, it's, it's 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 been a journey for the last eight, eight years. I've I've been living what I call a purpose-driven life. Um, it really started with the book um, by Rick Warren, A Purpose Driven Life, and taking that 40-day day journey. The purpose was always in me. It was just connecting to that. I mean, I was studying the, the search for uh, the meaning of human existence in college and with philosophy, and so I've always pondered those, those things purpose deeply. But the trek into purpose full time, certainly, has been the, the, the last eight years of, um, of my life. So after that journey and, and going through the trek from the law, I, you know, it, it's, it's, I've embraced it. I've inspired the concept of, of, of purpose. I've, I have inspire the journaling process. I inspire bestow upon folk um, ideas and concepts and empowerment. So I've bestowed, I don't know, how many, uh, how many purpose-driven life books upon masses of folk. I've done workshops around purpose-driven life concepts. And I've life, done some life coaching around purpose, and um, so I've been living, breathing, speaking, being in purpose for the last eight years, and just a summary of how I consider myself an expert in purpose.
2: Well, I think that validates it. Um, yeah.
3: <laughs> <Okay>. You <laughs> know what? A, that's really just a summary. <laughs>
2: right, right. Um, you know what? Are, are you ready yet? But I, I really don't want our listeners to wait too long to hear some of your poetry, and to go ahead and discuss that afterwards. Do you have one ready now, or did you need a break right beforehand? Because we could always no. go take a break.
3: No, no, no? I'm always. I'm, I try to always be prepared, but I do have one, and this one is um, a flashback from from way back then. I mentioned Idolatry and Power 99, and it's still very, very, very real today. As a matter of fact, when I listen to it, I, I think, you know, wow, this is probably more relevant. Um, Than back then. Now, I want to preface this. When I mentioned India Irie um, at the very beginning, this was at the time, I wrote this at the time when India Irie was uh, nominated for a number of Grammys and did not get them. Now, of
1: course,
3: Mm -hmm. a year later, she did receive a Grammy, and of course, this is albums later, but this was written back in 2000, 2001. Um, And so um, it really was to inspire her. It started off to inspire her to not look towards, you know, those accolades of man, but to know that she had, has a, uh, a gift and, um, and a purpose beyond those man-made um, paradigms. So this one is entitled, Idolatry. India, I don't look to get legit through their establishment, don't even bother to attend. It was establishment to bend, right, righteous. Keep your Oscar, keep your Grammy. Don't even send me a nomination invitation of indoctrination, abomination. No need for validation from your pagan temple men of gold. Truth be told, I ain't sold out. But in heaven is my origin, sin or no sin. Original sin did begin when idolatry came. Satan to blame. changed the focus. Hocus focus was his aim. Give you the world is his claim. Give you the world is his same game. Is that the game for you? Praise God's name. Jealousy him only will it be. Why can't we see? Because we're blinded by the temporary nature of our temporal existence. It's resistance that we need. We need Satan. Relate to God. Prostrate. Humility to create. Repent. Relent. Less is best. Ever lies as we must defy. Ever hypocrisy we must not be. Fame is lame and Arrogant is not down to earth, or what is worth nothing. You get what you ask for. Do not adore this world, for it will not last. What he said shall come to pass, and go for fast stop. Job well done is what I live to hear, but not from you, man. Keep your cheering. God be all, for I heard his call, and I speak the words that I hear. The glory will be his and not mine. Divine, divine, divine. Thou art mine. Divine inspiration. Divine, divine revelation. It's holy creation. The Divine was mine, is mine, and the way, and the way is the truth, and the truth is the light. Could it, might it be right, let there be light. Take time to ponder, ponder the Father. Take time to contemplate, don't wait, ponder and wonder. Take it under, consideration, Human has begun. Denzel will God say, well done, money is the root, money is the root, money on money is paper. That's why, what, where, when? That sin will be diamond gold now. That's true treasure. It's God's pleasure and his pleasure to endure. That's for sure. Of these things you strip the earth for you to hoard, hoard, hoard all aboard the train to get what you dangle, truth you mangle. There's nothing behind the dollar but selfishness and get restless. We've been sold the lie of the American dream. Time to wake up and glean something else like a righteousness. Not the mess of this whole system. It shall lean and fall like the babel tower. God will shall be done.
1: Wow. <laughs>
3: <laughs> now the oh reference my. to Denzel was the fact that he had been nominated for an Oscar mm. and he didn't get it. And right, well, right. Well, it was he. Well, he got the. He won actually the the award for um, the movie where he played the bad cop. I mean, he could have yeah. earned that award for so many other things prior to that. So right, I was exactly. feeling some kind of way about the award shows, and so that that was my response um, to that, you know, sort of hmm. forget about yeah, it. Yeah, I
2: remember that. I remember that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. A lot of people didn't like him in that role, but I did. <laughs> you know
3: what? I, I didn't mind yeah. him in that role at all. Be versatile, you know, whatever, but... For them to lift him up based on that role.
1: Right. When he's exactly. done so
3: many things which just mm-hmm. it, it it says so much mm-hmm. about the industry. Right. So you that know, was the poem that I went into Power Ninety Nine with. Um and it was just that was that to me was an amazing, amazing journey because it was all brand new. I didn't even really have a good flow with it or anything at the time, but it was amazing that he opened the door for me to, you know, go on the major radio with that that poem back then.
2: Tell us a little bit about your, your faith walk again and about your, um, your looking for your your purpose. Before you even um, picked up a purpose-driven life, what did you find within yourself? Did you come to a point where you needed answers, where you had to stop right here and now and take a look at your life and make that adjustment?
3: Oh, absolutely. I mean, a number of times that's, that's been the sort of cyclical process is to um, constantly um, reflect and to try to become better uh, moment to moment. The the journey began for me in college, and it began with my study, uh, studies in college, social and behavioral sciences with a minor in business. So I studied a lot of philosophy and psychology and sociology. And and at that time, I was, you know, a young, um, devout Christian and, you know, in my women's psychology class, and we discussed, you know, discuss Adam and Eve and, and, uh, and I'm just sparring the word at the time, um, in all of my classes. So I really engaged the educational process. Truly the seven years of, of, of you know, undergraduate and, um, law school for me was just, a, just an amazing journey. Let me just say that. It was, I fully engaged, um, the educational process. Now in law school, I did hear another profound moment in my life and, um, after a, a course in which we looked at precedent, and you literally take a case at the beginning of the text and you watch how this case has changed, how the opinion has changed. It's supposed to be based on precedent, but it, it was really based on, you know, the, the, the individual perspective of the judge. That just didn't mm-hmm. really reeling, reeling in terms of discovery of and, and challenging, you know, so many things that I had um, stood on, um, which actually strengthened my faith challenging it actually strengthening strengthen my faith. So after mm-hmm. that course, I mean I went completely you know, I've always gone through radical changes. Um I think the one thing I've done consistently in my life is change. At that time I completely, you know, transformed, it went natural for the first time. Started looking into um other started questioning so many so much about, you know, my my faith, but Standing, standing on the faith and looking at the word, I looked into Islam, I looked into, you know, other faiths and religions, looked into Judaism, I want to know what the foundation of Judaism is, the foundation of Christianity, then let me take a look at that, and that's been an ongoing process, I'm a lifelong learner, so I still study, I still study um, the background of religion, and so, and, and denominations, how did we get so many denominations, I wrote a paper in law school on the origin of many of the denominations that that we have, and so, it's been truly an amazing process and journey, and um it only to strengthen my resolve, only to strengthen my faith, my Mia uh, my, my Nia, rather and and my my Nia, yes, my purpose also it's all work together it's all it's, it's all work together you know for for good um and that's that scripture I stand on, and you know, all things work together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose, and certainly i I know that I am called according to purpose when you thought of me from the beginning of time. I mean, that's all of us. That's the thing. That's, that's not one single person who lives, you know, does not have a purpose. They do. They absolutely do. And we don't instill that in our youth. You know, at, the dropout rate is just astounding, you know, at this time. And we have so many things, so many questions that go unanswered in this world that we live in. And, you know, so I, at every moment, I can possibly affirm someone to tell them that their life has purpose and meaning and that their the whole the reason for our existence is to discover that purpose and meaning, to live that out. And I think that's my life was designed to be an inspiration to others. I believe that I am called forth in a way where I can recognize, engage, embrace, and then also empower folk and purpose.
2: And I see this, too. Another thing that you do is um, you, you do these workshops and you, you help people. Um, I, I see on your website, one is exploring your passions, dreams, and purpose, uh, resolving conflict peacefully and um, study skills 101, I mean, just about everything. Tell us a little bit more about the workshops and uh, why you put them out there for people and, and what has been the end result.
3: Well, my current vocation is in working with young people, and so I'm a trained facilitator, a master-certified trainer with communities and schools, which is the largest stay-in-school network in the nation with 1,500 sites in 32 states, and I've been with communities and schools for six-plus years. And so much of the work that I do in conflict resolution and study skills began with communities and schools and working with young folks during the day, you know, I I obviously was able to hone um, so much of just, not just the skills, but also um, identifying the needs of people and being able to meet people exactly where they are. And so Mm -hmm. what I... Back when I was touring, much more frequently than what I am now, because now I'm teaching also at a local university, and that also includes study skills. One thing led to another. It all works together for good. But back when I was touring regularly, I may, you know, have two or three keynotes, you know, in a month, um, a workshop scheduled, you know, every other month, you know, those types of programs in the community. Um, I've also been blessed. It's been a blessing to me. When you give this reciprocal, you receive. You, when you teach, you learn. It's just been an amazing process. But I've also been blessed to do some prison ministry work at the women's prison here in Delaware. And I, I'm just looking for a wow. time to open up for me to go back there. So I've had mm-hmm. an opportunity to go there and share the poetry and, um, and share my life and share my testimony and also share the purpose-driven life. I took, uh, did a workshop there. Um, And it was confirmed. I knew it in my spirit. And before I even finished the poetry session, one of the uh, women asked about, you know, me coming in to do it. And it's just confirmation. And so, you know, it's just, it all works together for good. It's sort of like with my novella called The Purpose, which is a modern-day story of Gideon. You know, if if you ever have any questions, the Almighty is good enough and gracious enough to confirm it in so many different ways. Sometimes the problem is we're not listening for the confirmation. And so I've, been, I've identified with Gideon, and, um, and so you know that's a big part of engaging every moment and realizing that there truly are no coincidences in life. And when you kind of look at life from that perspective, that there are no coincidences in life, then you're always looking for connections and purpose, always. And it and life becomes right. um, so much fuller. There is right. not a moment that goes by. And then when you really grow in purpose, you even recognize those trials and tribulations and so many other things. As okay, this is connecting me to the next moment, to the next moment in purpose. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so purpose is actually—it's not just um, being focused; it's an awareness as well. It's an oh, awareness absolutely. to something. It's and...
3: It's—it's an awareness. It's—it's it's a mindset. It's a perspective. Um, It's—it's—it's a—it's a present moment consciousness also. It's, it's engaging present moment consciousness, which is something that you know I, I try to do. We. You know, fast, we're moving faster. You know, the world is moving faster. So we're always thinking about the next moment. And we're always, you know, kind of worried about looking back and saying, well, what happened back then? But we, don't, we forget the present. And so, yes, purpose is also, it's a mindset that's connected to present moment consciousness also.
2: Yeah, Marnie, we, we, we talked a little bit the other day about something, too, that um, a comment that you wanted to share in relation to some of the, um, the hostilities and some of the um, chaos that's been going on at the town hall meetings. Tell us right. a little bit about that.
3: Well, you know, life is so busy, I don't get as much time to um, to chime in as I as I would like to. However, it struck me um, the other day just the amount of hatred and insidious comments that are, are coming forth in protest of of our president. And um, it's, just, it's just mind-boggling. So, you know, we talked about the other day, we talked about, you know, the Tea Party protests and... The references, the references to Hitler, and one day I was just uh, I was watching the coverage of the town hall meetings on CNN, and um, a poem just came out of me. I'm talking last week; it's brand new, and um, I just thought, um, you know, how can we sit back and remain silent to the protests? Where, where were our protests for the last eight years? For the prior eight, eight years, where was our where were our Tea Party protests? in references to, you know, all the, you know, nonsense that went on in the last eight years. So just, I'm just looking for empowerment of of a people and waiting for, you know, us to sort of come for, find our voice, use our voice more effectively as, as a people. And um, so I, that really struck me. It really struck me in a certain way. And, and I, like I said, I wrote a poem, and oftentimes that's what, I, I guess, righteous indignation, so to speak, but um, just a, a battle call to stand up and, um, and speak out and let's talk about it and let's have a dialogue about it and let's find our ways to protest the protest. Let's protest right. the protest, right. <laughs> and
2: what's the name of this point?
3: It doesn't have a name. It's not even finished. It it. it's, it's brand new. Oh. It's, it's, wow. It's, uh, right. And it's just. And let me tell you what I – it really was a release for me. I took a field trip with, um, with my students recently at the end of the school year, last year, to the Holocaust Museum, and actually was just before the incident, the terrorist incident, about maybe a mm-hmm. month or so before then. And,
1: mm-hmm.
3: and I took copious notes, and I learned so much. Um, and I need to really go back because, you know, I was acting in a chaperone and, you know, watching teenage students and trying to keep everybody together. And, I, I, you know, I actually thought about that after the fact, like, wow, what would we have done in that case? But at any rate, I took lots of notes, and it really, it sat in my spirit and so this poem was almost like a release to say, "Here's what this was. How can you compa- possibly b- begin to compare our president with Hitler?" And so it was a release for me to reconnect to that experience that I had, you know, back in May, and to release um, some of what I um, saw. Because if it's, it's, you hear, of course, you hear about it, and you can read about it, but to see the actual, you know, artifacts from from that you know, hate is crime is, is, okay. is another Okay, okay, I can't take
2: any part. You're going to give us a little bit of the poem, right?
3: <laughs> I'll give you Come a little on.
1: bit.
3: I mean, now, <laughs> bear, and, and, and the listeners will bear with me because I said it's brand new. It's, and it's funny because it's brand new. It's like all over the page. It twists and turns on the other side. But, yes, I'm going to actually take my time in this because it is so so important. So here is, I don't know what the title is, Hitler. <laughs> Hitler committed heinous genocide while the world stood by and slowly rise after the demise of millions of chosen lives. Hitler, Hitler spewed hate, spawned hate, was hate. He did attempt to elevate an Aryan race while he started to annihilate all others. Hitler, Hitler created devils and generation of woes. He was the ultimate foe, systemized and organized hatred and despised anything that was not perfect in his eyes. Hitler. Hitler conducted medical experiments on innocent lives, capitalized on the lives and minds of the deprived, stole, lied, and attempted to build an enterprise for him only to rise. For him only to rise. Hitler. Hitler used propaganda and stereotypes, pseudoscientific theories to justify bestiality and cruelty. Even measured facial feature dimensions, nose measurement instruments, hair and eye pigment. Hitler moved in clandestine motion, planning a tragic, heinous commotion. How dare you compare the two? So I'm coming to his defense. This, not, this does not make any sense. Let's revisit the last eight years. Hitler, what do you call father and son and brother to a trilogy of who? Of who? This is, now, this is radical, Michael. This is radical. Sit back and watch the system go against the Constitution. What do you call stealing elections and lying factions? Where were the Tea Parties then? A trillion-dollar war to even my daddy's score was what he adored to steal artifacts they adored. Weapons of mass destruction war. Where were the revolts then? Depression, let's call it what it was, not recession. And what, were we, what we were offered was the patriot and her stupid highness and the, to replace his stupid son. Oh, wait, he is not stupid. He knew exactly what he was doing. Ruin the land, run on the land stole from the land, left it in shambles, and his hands in the air, capital crimes, he should be made to pay, but you protest someone who has stabilized this payday? day. Well here's what I have to say. Let's protest the protest. When we when will we protest the protest? Protest. The protest. Protest. The protest.
2: Wow. I think that's the title. <laughs>
3: That's the title. Okay, Michael, go. just right. So that's poor oh. oh wow. It may not be finished. I may go, you know, it's kinda you know, mm-hmm. I may write some more, but I you know, I'm just looking back okay. and I I've had so many so many comments in various poems about the last administration. As a matter of fact, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, Radical was released, you know, in September of last year. So I kinda much of what um I kinda dealt with the election and, and what was going on. Through all that nonsense, you know, um, last year I kind of wrote that, a lot of that, in Radical. So, um, yeah, it's It's been good for me. It's been a good journey. You
2: you know, it's interesting that, um, you know, poetry, I think, has made such a big comeback because it's been missing from music for so long. I mean, Mm -hmm. there is a lot of music out there that is still poetic but not mainstream music, not top 40, you know? Right, right. Um, and, and, and it's missing to the point, um, even rap, even though it rhymes, it's no longer poetic. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You can't just spout attitude and things and, and call that art. It's not.
3: Right, right.
2: But, but um, socially conscious, poetic music is it, really just missing. And every right. time we hear something, that, that has that in it. We we latch onto it and we recognize it, we're familiar with it and that's why we love it. You know? Right and, um right. it's just and and that's why I love poetry so much too because it, it says so much with the words, with the emotion, with the attitude. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. And um, I just hope more of our young people are still interested in poetry and are still, you know interested in literature. They, they really
3: are the more young people today are actually writing uh, writing poetry, performing poetry, connecting in poetry. Mm-hmm. You'd be amazed. actually, they don't have an, an outlet in rap and hip hop as a matter of fact. Um, I was just talking to a young man who dropped out of school and, and went through um, a, a, a charge, court charge or a police charge and a court situation. And um, he, his outlet is poetry or is rapping. And I asked him, I said, "Well, what is your message in your rap?" And he, he, the only thing he, he feels he can rap about is that former lifestyle. And here he's trying to transform his life and change the mindset, but yet he's still identifying with that same culture. But he does not find the rap or hip hop a venue for anything positive. And that's sad. Mm-hmm. That's really a you know, confirms what you just said. But what mm-hmm. I did do was I inspired him um, to poetry, and he reconnected. He said, when I was in the sixth grade, you know, I wrote a poem, and he shared that poem with me. And so I, I, you know, hopefully inspired the poet in him. And then, yes, it is radical to go to step over into music and to find a niche that's acceptable to get the word out there. Um, and and so, that, that grassroots movement, I don't know how it's going to happen, but it's it's dialogue like this, it's um, wonderful blog radio like like yours with the measure of truth and I mean a large measure of truth empowerment uh, that will make it happen because I do believe that uh, we're yearning for it we, we need truth and um, it's time for us to stir some things up so I'm grateful for this opportunity to do so.
2: Oh, I'm very grateful as well for you to come on and for someone. To to come on to my show too, where we seem to have such a um, you know, an immediate connection. <laughs> it's funny because I, I looked at. I think we talked on the phone the other day when we were setting up the show for what, like an hour and a half.
3: It was probably even longer than that. But
2: yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But it, it's
3: purposeful. That's purposeful, and you know, that's a testimony for for your listeners um, that you connected with, and it is amazing. I'm still amazed by that with uh, an author friend of mine, Diedra Armstrong. Mm-hmm. And um, and yes, and she immediately um, contacted me and said, you know, Michael's to, a gentleman named Michael Fordham is going to contact you, but you were standing next to a, a poet that you just interviewed that I met in Atlanta about a month ago.
2: So mm-hmm.
3: when, yeah, but that's, that's the exciting part of purpose is that you know the surprises that are that are ordained, ordained for you um, that are and meant for you to seize new opportunities, new connections. And so it certainly is purposeful. We are almost um, like kindred spirits in terms of, you know. I was I was listening to your open opening commentary, and it's like, wow, this is um this is just where I'm supposed to be. So <laughs> no, if there's no coincidence, none whatsoever.
2: Right, and it's interesting that opening commentary was actually my first commentary. Um, I, I did um, over, let's see, it was over a year ago. Um, on XM Radio, on the um, Greatness by Design show with Blanche Williams, who gave me such a, an amazing opportunity to be able to just go on national radio as a, as a fledgling broadcaster, to get out there and actually have that opportunity to have a mic in front of my face. It was amazing. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. But, um,
2: you know, I've always been a very analytical person, and um, those are the things that I saw in media, and I was getting a little fed up with it. I had to do something, say something, or do both. It just had to be. And um, I also, um, I I am, um, (laughs) I'm writing as well. It's it's been a struggle for me. But uh, my novel is also called A Measure of Truth. And um, I'll hear a little bit more (laughs) about that. But it's sort of like my journey and the lessons I've learned. Um, I've had um, a very unusual life. Um, My experiences have shaped who I am. And um, it's almost like um, showing people um, the road of where I am now based on the things that I've gone through and um, the experiences I've learned from my trials and tribulations in my life. And That's hopefully awesome. will um, will sure it will be inspiring. Many parts will be will be Yeah, yeah, but we'll, we'll see how that works. I may, um, may have to let you read a rough draft at some point. <laughs>
3: well, I aspire, just so that you know there are several things that I fire. Um, journaling and writing is is one and I am sort of a writing coach um, to inspire people to write write right now Um, and I bestow journals upon folk I love journals and I think that if you have a, a journal that you love and a pen that you love then you will write so uh, by all means, um, birth that baby that you have in purpose—a measure of truth. We're, we will look forward to that, and I will. Every time I speak with you, I will um, inspire you to that, and also we also want to inspire your listeners to um, it, to write. If you have a passion to write, um, write. Pick up a journal and just and just do that. And um, I intend to release um, to actually engage my blog and to release a. A, uh, a new initiative um, through my my website and newsletters um, soon that will um, help connect uh, folks in NIA purpose. So right. looking forward to yeah, I'm looking forward but to tell that. Tell
2: us, give us your website address now so the listeners can um, you know jot that down or go to the page okay. and bookmark it.
3: Absolutely, it's www.marniwilliams.com. Williams .com. That's my name, MarnieWilliams.com. And um, I'm also on Facebook, and they can sign yes. my guest book. And, and my blog, is, is, is life has been so busy. I've not done anything with my blog in, I hate to say, a couple of years, but that's getting ready to do a complete 360. Mm-hmm. And,
2: wow, this picture, I, I mean, I have to comment on it. Awesome picture on the Facebook page.
3: Oh, thank you. Um, that's Paul McGowan, and his information is on the um, cover. And I know you're an awesome photographer, also, so I can, um, I, you know, I've the photo shoot, also, Mike. <laughs> there
1: go you go. And I, you know, I'm a
3: road runner, I, you know. I, I hit the road. So, but yeah, that's a good friend of mine, uh, Paul McGowan. His information is um, uh, for Still Waters is on the, the cover of my or the front page, I could say, of my website. Uh, so he. She does great work, wow. and I'm grateful I'm grateful for that.
2: And um, h- how about the organization that you're working with? Did you want to um, say anything about them or give a plug to their website or anything like that?
3: Absolutely. It's Communities in Schools. That's community plural in schools. And um, the web address uh, for the national organization is CIS, as in Communities in Schools, CISnet.org. But our local organization is um, cisdelawarealtogether.org, and um, I've been blessed to uh, work with this organization and um, recently blessed with the opportunity to pilot um, a new site um, just a little over a year old um, in our state's capital in Dover, at Dover High School, and it's been a dynamic, exciting experience um, and so I'm looking to engage, really engage the experience this year. Um, mm-hmm. to, to and tell us a with, little
2: bit, Marnie, about what the um, organization is actually doing, what their impact is on the, the community, what they're actually doing out there.
3: Well, it's a drop-off prevention program. And so um, we are in the school. The beauty of um, communities and schools is we're resource brokers, and we're a nonprofit located in the school. And so um, we there's a saying that says, if you see one community in school, you've seen one community in school, because it's, although we work under um, a specific structure, we need the is to assess the needs of the school um, and to create and to meet the needs and create a program that, that meets the needs those um, needs. So it can um, look very different in different parts of, um, of the country. Um, but I encourage um, um, your listeners to um, to go on and check it out and to, and to donate. It's great work. It's Uh, We're only 30 years old, and we've grown from, um, of course, almost a storefront operation, a nonprofit, to uh, 1,500 sites. Um, Even in Delaware, we've grown um, from two sites. When I came on board um, about eight years ago, there were only two sites in Delaware, two high schools, so now we're in um, 11 schools in Delaware, so we're we're growing also in Delaware. And do everything from, again, resource programming. so, assessing the needs and finding resources in the community and bringing them into the school. But that translates, you know, for instance, at my site, that translates into a mentoring program, after school programs, one-on-one counseling, um, workshops on study skills and conflict resolution. And I've I've been blessed to be able to work within the administrative team at Dover High um, to do some real work around school climate and creating, of course, a positive atmosphere. And, and so um, that's just one example of what we do. We also provide opportunities for young people, broker opportunities for young people to earn college credit while they're in high school. And we operate under uh, five basics. Every child needs and deserves a one-on-one relationship with a parent and adult, a safe place to go and learn, a chance to get back to peers in the community are just three of those. And so everything that we do connects to those five basics. And it's similar to the America's Promise five basics, by the way. There was a collaboration. A number of years ago, with America's Promise and communities and schools, so their sort of five promises are look almost identical to the five basics of um, communities and schools, and it's all geared towards a dropout prevention because it is an epidemic. We do have 1.2 million um, young folks each year, and you know 30% of students dropping out. It's truly an epidemic, and that's I may be the subject of another show. Um, our educational system mm-hmm. and and the the uh, dire condition that, that our educational system is in. I strongly believe that it's, it's just by no coincidence that it's in that condition. I, I don't believe it is. No Child Left Behind actually left millions behind, millions, 1.2 million each year, okay, we're actually leaving behind. So it just mm-hmm. does not work. I actually have a book in a uh, poem in Radical to repeal No Child Left Behind. Just throw it out. Um, accountability is. It's critically important, but No Child Left Behind put so much stress stress on the system and um, created, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, an atmosphere of um, anxiety within our within our school system. So, we have eight
2: minutes. Do you have time for that poem now?
3: I, I can do. Do um, you, you want me to do another poem? Why not? Why because, uh, not? Well, yeah, I'm, that, I'm that
2: inspired. That particular poem, yeah, because I, I would but, love to close. The one that has something to do with No Child Left Behind. Oh,
3: um, absolutely. uh, Well, um, let me just get to that poem. I didn't have that one bookmarked, but I'm turning to that right now. And, again, this is brand new. This is in in, uh, Radical. And and so uh, many of these poems I haven't even done out loud, so I'm going to just go ahead and and find my flow with Repeal No Child Left Behind. What do I do? dropout prevention, grassroots efficacy in the trenches for our babies. In the trenches, front line, eating the top of grassroots, got my combat boots. We're going to stomp out the rats that got our kids chasing the tail, caused them to fail, and now they're looking for bail. I'm coming out with this shout, to repeal no child left behind. We don't and won't settle for less. Will you grant us a penny? That's funny. Then account to you as you gather statistics and data to show all our efforts don't grow. Cause greedy, stupid folks can't or won't manage the funds is what you try to prove. The wrong people doing the wrong thing for the wrong reason in the wrong season. Change the focus. Show me my money, my dollars spent on your ships and personal wars and your friends and their friends' children's dreams, please. Privatization of education while the whole system leads to penal means, please. We demand books and reading specialists remedial. Remedy your deficiency. We demand stipends for blackmail teacher role models. What happened to accountability for we, we, we? So oh, I see. We we are not you. That invisible lie used to you repealed. No child left behind. Let us stand together to find a solution to stop the pollution, the gangrene, reactivating the village, calling for accountability, real accountability. So, Papa and Mama, please get help for yourself and your baby. Pastor, please go to the school for free. Sorority and fraternity, doctor, lawyer, big brother and big sister, literally aunt and uncle, Will the village please stand up and stand out with a unified shout, say, repeal, no child left behind. It's public education and vicinity, so walk through the doors, please. Stand for accountability. Help reach the kids and teach the kids so educators can teach the kids. Repeal, no child left behind. Left millions behind year after year, no hope, only fear. From systems and indoctrination, from so-called reality entertainment, we're moving so fast and they can't keep up left millions behind year after year, look at what's right and wrong. It's the old head of spite, teaching to attest litmus, tainted, adulterated, teaching to yester, yester centuries' methods, unable to compete globally. We've been sold the lie of the American dream. Children don't see the vision. The mass is lacking motivation. I said the mass is lacking motivation. Can't see the light of inspiration. They are disengaged, the process we need the new methods for our kids like they receive under private lids i say like they receive under private lids republic closed the door i said, the republic closed the door to those who can't afford to those who can't afford we need the new methods revamp we demand resources republican plans to provide choice and opportunity for your children he was talking to his friends he said my friends the man who did run Get your kids out of that cesspool called public school. You have choice. You can afford alternatives, is what he said. In Bush's plan, we followed the fool's goal, supporting fool's, fool's oil, a run on the land, a fool's plan. We were bamboozled and hoodwinked The plan for a fool, a team in charge, leaving millions behind enemy lines, fairness and it's an accountability. You say no resources, teachers shorted, teachers frustrated, teachers shorted, teachers frustrated. I said teachers shorted and teachers frustrated. Dispassionate Your schools Get the government handout In 30 days Counting heads And cents Took the bait But the children Arrive late Hour after hour Day after day Month after month Disengage The process Of disengagement I could go on And on The process Of disengagement I could go on And on And I will advocate For justice Repeal No child Left behind
2: Wow <laughs> <laughs> There you have it People your call to action to get involved. Get out there and do something. You know, you can't make a bigger impact out there than to start with our children. You really can't. They are our future. So if you want to do something about Mars, start with today. And if you can't think of what to do, find a child and make a difference. Marnie, we're running out of time now. I'm about to close the show, but I want to thank you for coming. We hope and know we will hear from you again real soon, and we can hardly wait. So we've run out of time. We're right up against the wire. So I'm going to go ahead and close the show, and we will talk to you shortly. I'm Michael Fordham, and you've been listening to A Measure of Truth. But before you go, here's a little something to take with you. Ask God for wisdom daily, but know that your lesson can come from anybody or any situation, good or bad, friend or foe. Watch your thoughts. They become words. Watch your words. They become actions. Watch your actions, they become habits. Watch your habits, they become your character. Watch your character, it becomes your destiny. Until we meet again, take care of what becomes of you. You still there, Marnie?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, wow, that was great. That was perfect.
3: Oh, yeah, it was good. That was <laughs> That was fun. just
2: the way I wanted to end.
3: <laughs>
2: oh, man, that was awesome.
3: Right. I, I, I had to follow, it took me a second to get with the cue to read the poem, and it's like, okay. I didn't, I didn't want to be redundant. I was trying to select poems, you know, that didn't have ideas that I was already saying, and that kind of did, but um, no, it's okay. No. It's good.
2: That 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 is, you know, exactly what we needed. I, I wanted to be able to put that out there, all those things that you were saying in one of your pieces as well, you know, and um, I, I think it was apropos, really. I think oh, when you good. listen back to it, you're gonna you're gonna find that that was right on time.
3: Yeah, I think it was. So I, I, it was right on time, and, it, and even me being able to engage it and take my time with it, it was right on mm-hmm. time in terms of you know ending on time also. So I. Have oh, and agree by with the you. way,
2: by the way, we're still on air. But <laughs> what happens is when the show leaves, right? This part mm-hmm. gets tagged on. It just doesn't air with the live broadcast.
1: Okay. So when people
2: go to download this, they'll still be able to hear it.
1: Oh,
3: okay, good.
2: Yeah, yeah. So, if you still want to say your goodbyes or take the long uh, exit, you can do that as well.
3: Well, I do want to thank you for this opportunity. It's truly a blessing um, to be able to connect with you and uh, measure of truth. Um, I'm really excited about the um, we, what we don't know is going to you know is going to happen. That's going to happen as a result of this. I really believe that um, be, besides the writing, I think we'll really inspire one another. To release and to um, march forward in purpose, so I'm excited about that. I'm excited about what um, God is doing in my life and in your life, um, and all those folks who are connected to to us. Um, those you know, folks, especially that are connected in this new, you know, circle um, of folks. So I'm just, I'm, I'm so blessed. I'm excited. I'm energized. I'm ready to do about three, four more hours of work tonight as a result of it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> right, right. I'm about to to fire up the mic and do some voiceovers right after dinner.
3: Okay. All right. Yeah. And I think yeah. I'm going to I need to get some of that um some of those uh that vocal training from a brother.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I really
3: I, right. Yeah, yeah. lately and, uh, I've been doing jamming with the band and doing a little bit of um little bit of singing along with the poetry. So I certainly oh, need um wow. yeah. Wow. Yeah. I wow. I was going to hit you with one of those um a couple of the poems that I've done when I released it. I did a poetry event, and I released the book, and I did quite a bit of singing and um, with um, some of the poems, and the band that I'm working with uh, was there, and it's, so I'm aspiring to play my bass also so that I can do a little bit of singing and playing, and so that's where I would well, love nice. to go. <laughs>
2: <laughs> do you like Michelle and the Gay O'Tello? I do. I do. Really? Um,
3: I, yeah. I, really, yeah. I really am inspired by Lauryn Hill. I'm inspired oh, yeah. by Indy Yeah,
1: um,
3: those are two of my um, biggest inspirations. Of course, with the guitar, acoustic the acoustic guitar, um, Indy with the um, with the um, percussion instruments, and of course, both of them with their measure of truth. And um, hmm. so I've been, you know, very inspired. I actually believe that Lauren Hill. Um, um, just listening to one of her um, her poems or her her pieces on um, Lauren yeah. Hill Live unplugged. Uh, that's,
2: the, that's the only Lauren Hill I have, that two CD set. That's it. That's all I need. Once that. I heard that, I, I right. don't need anything else. That's it.
3: Right. I mean, I remember, I'll never forget when my mentee, one of my, um, my protégés, came into my office coming at Community schools, and she played two poems. She did one from the Lauren Hill unplugged. She did one from a group of local poets who's been on Deaf Poetry Jam, um, the mm-hmm. Twin poets. She played those two, and I looked at her, and it was like, the world stopped. And she and I are like <laughs> looking at each And it was before they changed the lighting in my office, all I had was this little lamp at the time. And I looked at her and she looked at me. And, of course, she was going through a spiritual journey and leaning on me in so many different ways. Shout out to Sh- uh, Sade. And I'm telling you, it, just, it, it was part of the unction. I, I believe it was within a month before I started writing. I got the, those poems in the five to seven hours, actually. That was part wow. of the release. Um, Sonia Sanchez also blessed, um, my release, saw her on the plane and I wanted to get her to sign my little book, the little book that I was writing in at the time, which was mm-hmm. the first of many journals. I must have like 30 journals now. And, um, and she just looked at me and she said, have a nice day. Mm-hmm. And I, it was like, I, I my heart just received it. She autographed my heart. It was something in that that just said, go forth, child." And um, and so the poem, Don't they find senorita Sonia Sanchez, woman, mother, poet of the jazz of spoken word, let it unfold. For she told us the way to go, say it slow, say it right, with all your might, shine the light. I met you once, do you remember the day Jamaica, make a on the plane, down came the rain? So that po- that poem, which is on my CD, which I didn't even mention my poetry CD on your <laughs> interview, but right. that poem was part of the journey to mark you know, my, you know, uh, being ushered into, you know, purpose, the purpose in the spoken word and the poetry.
1: So I've had a lot of
3: milestones like that. I actually had a connection with um, the last poets and did some things with them, and I kind of felt like they kind of, you know, nudged me along to, um, well, one, I shouldn't say all of them. It was actually only one of the original at this particular event and was able to connect, and um, and that was an interesting experience. I've had all these little Experiences along the way that were, you know, my milestones and purpose um, to confirm that I'm, you know, in this journey purposely. Right. So, mm-hmm. it's been great. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: Right. That you're on the path, and, and that's what it's all about. It's, uh, it's recognizing that, and also an expectation, too, that uh, mm-hmm. every challenge brings with it a lesson that you need so much. Right. You can hardly let anything hold you back. Right. Because you can can really – because I've been challenged so much in my life that now that when I find these things that are coming up that I can hardly handle, I, mm-hmm. I already see the blessing because it's in the same magnitude on the other side. So Right, uh, yeah, right. I'm just grateful now. I'm just grateful. grateful and, I at time,
3: mm-hmm. and I think that the time – and I think that the we that we live in now are going to call for exactly – more of exactly what you just said. I don't think it's going to get easier. I think we'll be challenged more and more, but yet if we step forth in faith and in purpose, then in a lot of ways it will be easier. I think I don't know that adversity is going to get easier in these times that we live in, um, so our faith is going to have to get stronger. Right, and, right. Right, absolutely.
2: Yeah, it, it will and, definitely get harder before it gets easier, if it ever does get any easier.
3: Right, right. Yeah. Um, and I'm convinced, Michael, do you have a, a, poet, the, a poet in you? you? Have you written I'm poetry?
2: No, I told poem. you I wrote. I wrote one point.
3: <laughs> I only wrote
2: one poem in my whole life, if I can remember. Yeah,
3: okay, yeah So you that, know, so I'm convinced that you maybe there's something that, that you need to tap into.
2: Um. Yeah, maybe.
3: So. <laughs> I, I, I don't
2: know. I mean, you know, the the one point that I feel like it was given me. I was very ill in the hospital. I told you about the situation uh-huh, where I had uh-huh. the diagnosis and. Um, the doctors pretty much thought I was going to die because um, if I didn't get better, they had nothing for me. They gave me pain medicine, and that was pretty much it. Right. And um, I, I was in a state of depression because I was separated from everybody, and that had no one. Um, uh-huh. Because of the um, meningitis, people couldn't come and see me. What? <laughs> you Why? Know, unless they were wearing a mask. And uh, I'm thinking about telling you this point, but then I don't want to, too. <laughs> yes, no,
3: come on, I want to hear it. I definitely, oh, you know, it's, it's reciprocal, yes, I would like to hear it.
2: All right, I, I'll tell it to you, but, um, yeah, I'm thinking, too, I'm going to have to go back and edit it out. I'll make up my well, mind. No,
3: you cannot edit it out, Michael. You cannot. You must care. This is a release for you. This year has been yeah. a release for me, and now you're part of it, so release.
2: All right, all right. Um, And hopefully I can remember it all, because... Um, It's been a long time.
3: Take your Um, time. You have it. Mm
2: -hmm. All right. Here it is. Here it is. A little bird told me that the sun was going to shine today, even though the weatherman said it might rain. But a little bird told me that the sun was going to shine today, and if someone doesn't take off the shades of despair and darkness, that someone just might not see all the things the sun has made bright and crystal clear for him. If that someone doesn't take this day by the hand as if they owned it, this day just might lead that someone into darkness. A little bird told me that the sun was going to shine today. Funny, I can't remember what the weatherman said. Hmm. That's it. Hmm. <laughs> well,
3: you yeah, know, I got that. That you know. Wow, that's 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 amazing, and. It's truly amazing i can I'm thinking back to our conversation where you shared um a little bit in greater well in greater detail your experience i mean of facing what you thought could be you know this is life life threatening and to get the word in your um in your spirit that you you will live go forth and birth out a measure of truth is is like awesome that's an awesome poem, and I would encourage you to continue to write to embrace that, to share that, and your testimony around that.
2: that yeah, yeah, that was sort testimony. of my difference. In the point, the um, the weatherman was all the negativity, all the people giving right. me all the bad news. And, of course, the sun was just our Lord and Savior being there to just help me out of this. I would just, you know, recognize. Yeah, and that was pretty much it. And um, it was amazing because I actually got out of there and I was able to um, – you know, get back to my life at a time where I wasn't sure because I was in so much pain that I would ever be the same as I was before. It was the pain was just intense. I couldn't I've never experienced anything like that before in my life. Yeah. But uh all right, you got it out of me. Boy. And we're still we're still rolling.
3: <laughs> well, thank <laughs> so you bet. so much. I'm so glad. I mean that that's that's, that's uh-huh. great. It was all awesome and inspiring and um and certainly connected to purpose, so
2: yeah, I'm so grateful. are you listeners out there? If you happen to go ahead and um check out the the download of this by I will not probably remove this until if I decide to until tomorrow evening. <laughs> God, <laughs> You'll you get cannot cut it out, Michael. You cannot
3: <laughs> <put that out. laughs> no, oh, seriously. Boy. Your listeners really need to connect with you in, in that place. So I think it's awesome. Please use it. Honestly, please.
2: Okay. Very good. Yeah. Well, look, Marnie, I need to go get some dinner um, and get myself back up here and finish up the day. Believe it or not, still got work to do.
3: And me too, so I need to eat also, and I need to finish up my day. So thank you so much, and I look forward to our next conversation.
2: Absolutely, Marley. And as a matter of fact, we will, um, we'll talk very soon by the end of the week.
3: Okay, that sounds good. Okay, then. All right. Peace Bye-bye. Oh, Michael, yeah. I also sent your, your envelope, your books to
2: Oh, fantastic. Yeah, right. everything
3: but the limited edition. I will send that under um different cover, but I was able to get to the post office. So I'm expecting oh. it hopefully by end of the week. I'm
2: going to get a limited edition as well.
3: You wow. Did you said that? Yes. And they're, wow. and they're going And, they're, and look, okay. can I tell you one thing? Oh, I only have okay. a few left. I actually only have a few left. Really? So yes, you will get a limited edition. I got a
2: couple of limited editions as well that I, I'll get you one. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll tell you about it too. Yeah. Um I created a database of um, newspaper front pages, digital newspaper front pages, the day after the um, inauguration.
1: Wow, okay.
2: Yeah. So um, I had them from all over the world. They're like, um, I think there's 800 and something newspapers from 66 countries around the world. Oh,
3: my gosh. And so you know what's yeah. so funny? Here, here we are connecting again in some, in some kind of way. I, too, have a collection. But it's really? nothing like your – I do. I really do. And um, it's not from all over the world, though. Um, however, mm-hmm. not like yours. But I do have. I do have a collection. But I will certainly, if you have extras that you want yeah. to sell, that you want to bestow upon a sister, I will be so <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, Great and, and if just, you want to,
2: if you want to get a, a preview of that, you can go to FordhamImages.com, and just um, you'll find the gallery, the Obama gallery. And you can Uh just click on it, and uh, when it comes up, you'll be able to look at them. Oh, that's um, awesome. Right. You won't be able to download them, but on my CD, you can pretty much do anything you want with them.
3: Okay. That's good. Uh, That's great. 800. Wow.
2: Yeah. It was crazy because it was a big event. I mean, I got that many, too, because some papers, because their print was already out because of the time differences, they didn't have until the next day. So I went back and got those, too. Hmm. Yeah. (laughs) yeah that took me quite a a lot of hours so to be able to um to put that together but uh, i'm really proud of it yeah um, i'm looking forward to that yeah and uh, i get your address and everything on the information you send to me i'll just go ahead and send it right back and you'll have that in the mail
3: sounds
2: good all right marnie thanks again for coming on the show and we will talk with you real soon
3: Uh, you're welcome thank you for having me and i'll talk to you soon Okay, then. Bye-bye. Bye.